in verse 1. And, and, and what I do is I, I take a lot of time with the first two verses. Because a lot of times people read the 91st Psalm and they get into the later verses in the Psalm and they start claiming promises from that Psalm that, that, that they really can't uh, apply to themselves because they're not doing what verse 1 and 2 say you have to do to get those other verses to apply. Do you get what I just said? It's like, uh, I think over in Philippians, uh, the Bible says, uh, Paul wrote and said, My God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And a lot of people want to grab that and say, Well, God will supply all my need. But that church was the only church that supported the Apostle Paul financially. you understand that? And so, uh, at least at that time that, that he was talking about, now others did support him at others, other times, but you see, if you're not supporting the work of the gospel, then you can't claim that verse. Do you understand? You, you can't say, well, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That doesn't apply to you if you're not supporting... His work in some way. Do you understand that? Okay. And so a lot of folks go into the Bible. Christians will go into the Bible and they'll take promises out. And they'll try to. And then they wonder why. Well how come that's not working for me? Well do you meet the condition. For that promise to work. Did, did you get what I just said? And Psalm 91 is, is just that way. A lot of times folks will go in there and they'll try to get that, that psalm to apply to them. And then they wonder, how come it's not working for me? Well, it's not going to work for you or for me or anybody else if we're not doing the necessary things that we need to do to get, to get the later verses to work for us. So uh, that's why I'm going to spend a little time here in the first couple of verses. Verse 1 says, he who, what, what's that next word? He who what? He who dwells. He who dwells. He who dwells, dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall, what's that next word? Abide. Abide. I, I'm just impressed to say this. We live in a time here in the United States where a lot of Christians, they don't want to have to do anything to get the promises of God to apply. They just think that they ought to apply automatically. And then they get mad at preachers like me for saying what I just said in the last two minutes. Did you get what I just said? Did you get what I just said? Well, we just want to do nothing. No no requirements. No nothing on our part. We just want, want all the blessings to fall on us like ripe cherries out of a tree. Folks, the Bible doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. You understand that? You don't reap unless you what? Unless you sow, right? And so, you're going to have to dwell in the secret place. See, the main thing that has to be done in order for these promises that we're about to read in the rest of this, this chapter to apply to you is, is you're going to have to dwell and you're going to have to abide where? In the secret place of the Most High. You're going to have to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, so it's the rest of these promises, and they're phenomenal promises, but, uh, but they're conditional. They're conditional on us doing some things. The word dwell, the word abide, these two words, you look, you look them up, it means to make your home in. To make your home in or to live in. To live in. See, uh, this, this church building, you don't abide here, do you? You don't live here. You just come here, you know, once a week. You come in, you're here for about an hour and a half, and then you go, you know. But your house where you live, you abide there, don't you? I mean, you're there a whole lot, aren't you, most folk? That's what this is talking about, to make your home in the secret place, to live in it, to remain. I like this one, to remain in it, in it continually and never leave. To be anchored or to stay put. To stay put. Uh, I'll say this. I've watched this over the years, people, and I've done this myself. 
you get in that secret place and you stay there for a while and then and then but you got to stay put. And, and a lot of times folks don't stay put there. They for whatever reason they'll get outside of that secret place. They'll get they'll get outside of it. They'll they'll want to go do their own thing. You see, or do do this, or do that, or do the other. And, uh, and and I tell you what, if you want these promises that we're about to read to apply to you, you got to stay put in the secret place of the Most High. You really do. You have to make your home there. You have to live in it, remain in it continually, never leave it. Be anchored there. What does an anchor do? It keeps the boat in the same spot, pretty much, doesn't it? Now, many Bible scholars, and we're not 100% sure, but we're fairly sure, I'm, I'm as sure as I can be of it, that Moses wrote the 91st Psalm. Moses, I believe, wrote the 91st Psalm. And uh, if you want to uh, know how to get in that secret place, and that's what I want to spend a few moments on here, one thing you could do is you could study the life of Moses. You could study the man himself. Um, he, he was a man that he, he said to God one time, he said, show me your glory. And God said, well, you can't see me face to face. But then he said this. He said, I've, and it, the Bible says it just this way. He, God tells him, he said, there's a place by me. How many of you know there is a place by God? There's a place close to him. He, and God told him, he said, Moses, there's a place by me. He said, and I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. He said, I'll cover you with my hand. I'm going to pass by and then I'll take my hand away and you'll be able to see my back parts. How many of you know that's, that's a good deal, isn't it? And so Moses was in that, that secret place. Moses knew some things about the secret place of the Most High. He lived in that secret place as much as anybody I've ever seen in the Bible, Moses. And you know, if you study his life and you study some things about the man, particularly when he got in this secret place and was abiding with God, the Bible says he was the meekest man in the earth. Now, meek doesn't mean weak. It means gentle, kind, and humble. See, if you want to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to have to be gentle, kind, and humble. Humble, uh, humble also means teachable. You're going to have to be teachable, trainable. Uh, I've learned this about the secret place. If you want to get in that secret place and stay in that secret place, you're going to have to be a person that, uh, that, that, that will be teachable, and you're going to have to accept correction from God without getting offended. Do you get what I just said? I said you're going to have to be able to accept correction from God without being offended. We live in an hour and a day, particularly here in the United States, that... You know, if you say anything to somebody with, that's got any, any correction in it at all, they'll get offended, they'll get mad, they'll ruffle their feathers. You know what I mean? I've had the Lord correct me over the years. I mean, He's corrected me and straightened me out on some things. You know, I, I, I didn't get much discipline when I was a kid. I, I had a great dad, great mom, wonderful but but they didn't discipline me much, and I turned into a, a spoiled brat. But God got a hold of me. I got born again, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and God started dealing with me, and uh, changed me, and corrected me. Now now nobody that I've ever met, including me, likes correction. <laughs> But if you want to get in that secret place and stay in that secret place, you're going to have to let God work on you and correct you. And He works on you and He corrects you through the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. He works on you. He corrects you through His holy written word. He works on you and corrects you through the pulpit ministry, the, pre the preacher. And not the preacher coming in and just beating you over the head, but just, you know, coming in and teaching and, and sometimes stepping on your toes. And nobody knows that your toes got stepped on except you. You know? That's how God works. God doesn't embarrass people publicly. 
But he'll, he'll, he, there's been times over the years where a minister's come in and preached a message. This is back years ago before I was a preacher. And, and they just stepped, they took the Word of God. You see, now the important thing that's the Word of God. Now, if they're just up there giving their opinion, then, then God's not in that. But they've taken the Word of God, just stepped all over my toes. Now, I had a decision. I can get offended and ruffle my feathers and get out of the secret place of the Most High, or I can let God correct me. Hmm? I like living in the secret place. Good place to live. He was a teachable man, Moses. He, you ought to sometime read in, in Hebrews 11. You can go over there later today, today or sometime and look at the characteristics but, of Moses. But he refused, the Bible said he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, he refused a title. He, re, he had no interest in having a title. You know what I'm saying? He had no interest in prestige or, or, or having somebody call him a certain name. Did, did, you know what I'm saying? He didn't have to, he, in fact, he didn't want to be the boss. I mean, God called him to lead the people. He, didn't, he said, you got the wrong man. I mean, can you see why God chose him? He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Actually, Moses was positioned to be the most powerful man in the world. And he said, I'm going to turn that down. I'm going to go do what God wants me to do. The Bible says he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. How many people do you know do that? He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. See, he had to make a decision. I can be the, be the next Pharaoh, be the most powerful man on the planet, or I can leave all this and go suffer with the Israelites. How many of you know it paid off later on, didn't it? When Pharaoh was being drowned in the Red Sea, and if, Pharaoh, and if Moses hadn't did what he did, he'd have wound up getting drowned. Because he'd have been the Pharaoh getting drowned. Is that right? Because you need to understand something about God. If Moses hadn't have been obedient to God, God would have got him somebody else. Do you hear me? You understand that? Catherine Kuhlman. Anybody ever hear her? She's a great... Uh, 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 that lady evangelist years ago and she said by her own admission she said that she wasn't God's first choice for that ministry that that the Lord told her that he had spoken to two other men before uh, God got to her but and the men refused the ministry so he used her God will get get somebody else right you understand that so Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season the Bible said he forsook Egypt. You know, Egypt's a type of the world. If you want to be in the secret place of the Most High, you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Did you know that? You know, a lot of Christians in this hour, they want to live with one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You, I tell you what, that's a miserable place to live, let me tell you what. And you can't be in the secret place of the Most High if you've got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. Did you hear me? The Bible says he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. I tell you what, if you get in the secret place of the Most High, you don't have to fear man nor beast. Did you know that? He endured. He, as seeing him who is invisible, he kept his eyes on Jesus. And he did it all by faith. If you want to get in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to have to live by faith. What does that mean, live by faith? It means that when you can't see it, smell it, hear it, taste it, or touch it, you're going to believe it just because God's Word said so. Do you hear me? When it looks like you've absolutely lost, completely and totally, you stand there and you say, I'm victorious in Christ. And people come around and they say, but you've lost, you've lost, everything's fallen apart. And you stand there and you say, I've got the victory in Christ. People calling you crazy on every side and you're standing strong saying, I have the victory in Christ. That's what living by faith is all about. Did you hear me? Not knowing what tomorrow holds other than you're going to step into it by faith. 
step into it without being able to hear, see, taste, and all that stuff. Faith is not based on the five physical senses. It's based on the what? The Word of God. Stepping out into the Word of God. I know when Diane and I went to Bible school, we didn't have hardly any money. And we, we just... We just, and God, we got married. God told us to quit our jobs and go to Bible school. And we just stepped out by faith. But you know, God met us. And He'll meet anybody that steps out by faith. If you're really, if you're really stepping out onto the Word of God. And that's what Moses did. He, he did it all by faith. He left being the Pharaoh. He, he went out and he did it all by faith. How many of you know it took faith to go in there to the most powerful man, to Pharaoh, and say, let my people go? So here's a man who knows something about the secret place of the Most High. He lived in it. Dwelt in it. Uh I, I don't have this in my notes, but I feel impressed to say it. There's one time that, that he, he got out of the secret place and it liked to cost him his life. Because he was disobedient to God. He didn't have his son circumcised and he was supposed to be. And it liked to kill him, liked to kill Moses. But you know, if you get out of the secret place, you can repent and get right back in. Isn't that wonderful to know? And, 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 and his wife helped him on that one, circumcised his son, and immediately Moses got back in the secret place. God's a good God, dear friends. And the secret place actually is in Jesus. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. He also said, he said, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, how do you get in the secret place? You've got to get into the word of God. You've got to dwell in the Word of God. You've got to stay in the Word of God. And dear friends, you need to understand this. If all you're getting is the Word of God for 30 minutes on a Sunday morning, as good as that is, that's not putting you in the secret place. You need to know that. You've got to stay in the Word on a daily basis. You see, multitudes of God's children, and you need to realize this, and I need to say this. I would say that probably about 95 Maybe 98% of the uh, Christians that I've met over the last 30 some odd years, they're Christians. They love Jesus. They're born again. They're going to heaven. But they're not dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. There's a difference between being a believer and going to heaven and living in the secret place. Do you understand that? Do you, do you understand that? There's a difference between being a believer and a disciple. So you, you get to go to heaven the minute you receive Jesus. The instant you receive Jesus, that, that you're going to heaven. But, but living in the secret place, that's a whole other whole deal. That takes discipline. And like I said a while ago, a lot, of, a lot of American Christians don't know much about discipline anymore. You get up and start teaching about discipline from the pulpit and a lot of people leave your church. I don't want to hear that. But oh, it pays off as we'll see here in a moment. Multitudes of God's children. Reading from my notes. Multitudes of God's children. How do you become a child of God? By what? Faith in Christ Jesus. But multitudes of those people are being destroyed. Why is that? Because they're not abiding in the Word of God and being led by the Spirit. Folks, if you want to be in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to have to live by faith. And you're going to have to learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. You understand that? You're going to have to learn to walk in the light of the Word of God. Look, hold your place in Psalm 91, but look at 1 John 1. I'm taking time here in these first couple of verses. The rest of it's going to go pretty quick. But... but the rest of Psalm 91 go pretty fast, but I've I got to take a little time here to set you up. 
1 John 1, 5. This is the message which we've heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him. See, if you want to be in the secret place, you're going to have to have fellowship with him. But, but if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. See, we have to walk in the light of the Word of God. If we want to be in the secret place of the Most High, we've got to walk in the light of the Word of God. And let me tell you this, you don't have to know all of, you don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to know all of it. I don't have it memorized. I don't know all of it. But what you do have to do is you do have to walk in the light of it that you have. Do you get what I just said? You have to walk in the light that you do have. If we, verse 7, if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And there's no perfect people. Verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You don't have to be perfect to be in the secret place. But you do have to have a right heart. And if you miss it, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, if you get out of the secret place, you can get out of it as, you can get back in it just as quick as you got out of it. Just repent of whatever it is, wherever you miss it, repent and confess it to the Lord to get right back in. Something else you're going to have to do, you're going to have to walk in love. Did you hear what I just said? You have to walk in love. The Bible says God is love. And the Bible also says keep yourselves in the love of God. So if you want to be in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to have to walk in love. There's no way to possibly be in the secret place of the Most High unless you're going to walk in love. Real quick. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. We're going to read this in the Amplified. It will be on the screen. Notice this. Love endures long. See, what we're talking about here today is, 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 is being sure you live. How many, of you, how many of you really want to live out your full life? You, you do? How many of you don't want to get killed in a car accident? Huh? How many of you want to be at the right place at the right time? How many of you, when the big bad wolf comes huffing and puffing to blow your house down, he blows and blows and blows, but, he, but it don't, the house stands? Would you like that? That's what we're talking about here today, dear friend. Everybody in the subdivision gets the flu except you and your household. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That's what we're talking about here today. They have to walk in love. Look at verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It's not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own right, rights or its own way. It's not self-seeking. It's not touchy, fretful, or resentful. Let me tell you what. If you're a touchy, 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 you know what I mean by touchy, touchy? Just every little thing makes you, you get offended at every little thing. You're not, that's a sure sign you're not in the secret place of the Most High. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. See, what this comes down to is how bad do you want the flu to sweep through the city and it not touch you and your household, see? Yeah, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they did to me. Look, if you've got that kind of an attitude, dear friends, that's not how a person that lives in a secret place acts. Huh? Hello? Is that right? Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know what they did to you. You don't know what they said to me. They looked at me wrong when they spoke to me. Dear friends, how bad do you want to live out your life? That's what we're talking about here today. One of the most important messages any Christian could ever hear is this one right here. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. 
It does not rejoice. I, 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 I got to work on that one some more myself. How about you? It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. See, why am I taking so much time with this? Because these are the things that are required to be in the secret place of the Most High. You're going to have to walk in love. You're going to have to let the Word of God abide in you richly. You're going to have to walk in the light of the Word of God. Now let's go back to Psalm 91. Here's something else. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord. You know, it's real important what you say about the Lord. You know, there's a lot of people say a lot of things about the Lord. And I'm talking Christians now. We know the world's going to say a lot of crazy things about the Lord, but you know there's Christians say a lot of crazy things about the Lord. How many of you know God didn't send that hurricane in down there in Texas? How many of you know He didn't? How do you know that, Pastor Terry? Because if it steals, kills, and destroys, God's not behind it. Yeah, but God just brought His judgment in there, Pastor Terry. Well, wait a minute. How come when, I think it was one of them... Storms came in some years ago, and, 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 and it wipes out an orphanage, it wipes out an old folks' home, and it leaves the gambling casino untouched. Now tell me, God's got to have a better shot than that. Is that right? Yeah, God just put that cancer on you to teach you a lesson. No. But how many Christians will say stuff like that? You've got to be careful what you say about the Lord if you want to walk in the secret place of the Most High. You've got to be talking right about God. Did you hear me? You've got to be saying right stuff about Him. How many of you remember Job's friends? They, they had a lot of bizarre things. Remember some, some st- stuff came on Job and we could talk an hour about that. But they was trying to figure it all out. And the Lord finally spoke up and He said, You have spoken some things about me that are not right. He said to them, he said, words are being spoken about me without knowledge. See, if you want to be in that secret place, you've got to be watchful what you're saying about God. Is that right? Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The thief cometh not, but what? For to, that's the devil, to what? Steal? Kill and destroy. Right? So what did the psalmist, what did Moses say here in verse 2? He said, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. See, that's the words of somebody that's dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You okay? No matter what comes your way, no matter what storm hits your house, you say, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God, and in Him will I trust. And you say that even if the shingles are blown off the roof. Did you hear what I just said? Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Now that I've did that, let's go to verse 3. I like verse 3. I like the first word... Verse 3. You could preach an hour on that. Real loud say, surely. Surely. That means there's, there's no doubt about it. If we do verse 1 and verse 2, surely the rest of this is going to work for us. You ready? Surely. Real loud one more time. Surely. Surely. Whoo, I could go an hour on that. Surely, 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 surely. I like that word. Surely. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Now it starts getting fun. Because God starts delivering us. What does that mean? From the traps of the devil. He'll deliver us surely, no doubt about it. And from the perilous pestilence. That's talking about deadly disease. That's a good deal, isn't it? All of a sudden now it got real, real fun obeying God, didn't it? Because now he's going to what? Surely? 
I'll say that again. Surely he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. Now, that's ta- his feathers and wings, that's talking about his extremities, his arms and his hands. I like having the hand of God on me. How about you? I like, I like God having his arm around me. How about you? He shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you'll take refuge. His truth. Jesus said, thy word is truth. His truth, his word, shall be your shield and your buckler. A buckler is just a smaller shield. And his word will be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Nor of the arrow that flies by day. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. Nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But it shall not come near you. that right? See, now that won't work for you unless you're doing verse 1 and 2. But you do verse 1 and 2, surely God is faithful to pull the rest of this off for you. Amen? Oh, yeah, He is. Oh, yeah. Thousand fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Only, oh, I like this one, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. That's about as close as I want to get to the reward of the wicked, is just seeing it with my eyes. Verse 9, now just in case we forgot verse 1 and 2, he throws it in here again in verse 9. Because you have made the Lord, who is my what? My refuge, even the Most High, your what? Your... He's going to have to dwell. You're going to have to take it... He's going to have to be your refuge. Refuge means where you live, where you stay. Dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. I like that, don't you? Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. When I was talking about the flu missing you, that's what I, got. I had verse 10 in mind. It said, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. That's a good one to stand on, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It said, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. I remember when we were in Bible school, my wife and I, Doc Horton, he was a teacher. He was an older gentleman. And he was a teacher there at, at, at the Bible school we, we were at. And uh, he told the story one day, and, and I didn't see it coming, but he was talking a little bit, bit about the 91st Psalm. And, and, and he was talking about the blood covenant. And, and somehow or another, he got over on the 91st Psalm, and he got over on this. And, 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 and he was an older gentleman, and he was teaching there. And um, he, he, he had been a pastor years before, and he had pastored for many years. And he, he began to tell us students a story. And he said, you know, he said, at one time there was a big flood came through the town that 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 that, that we lived in and, and it only hit it hit one part of the of, of the town it didn't hit the whole town it hit one part of the town he said there's many many houses over there and he said i had a lady in my church she uh she lived over in that area and and, and it was a flash flood it came through and so uh he said uh that the next day he went over to check on her and, and he said he, he drove in there and he said, he said one house right after another, one house right after another. And this was a lady that was in his church, faithful saint of God, dwelled in the secret place of the Most High. And she is very faithful to God. And anyway, he drove in there and he said one house, it was just total destruction. One house right after another, just total, total destruction. And he pulled up to her house and he said the yard was, was messed up. And he said that you could see a watermark up up just a little bit on her house, maybe about a foot or two up on her house. And But her house above that, there was no damage in any way. So he walks up to the door because the waters had receded. And he knocks on the door and she opens the door and greets him. And he says, dear sister, you know, or how are you doing? How are you doing? What's going on? And she was beside herself. She said, she said, Pastor Horton, I've never seen anything like this in my life. 
He said, what, well, tell me, what happened? He said, all these other houses are destroyed and your house is, is intact. The front yard's a little messed up. But she said, well, it's, it's the wildest thing, Pastor Horton. But she said, that those floodwaters started rising. And she said, they was coming in. And, and, and down the street, she said, we could see it. We could see it rising. She said, it was coming in all around. And she said, she said I was surrounded. It was coming up. It was coming up my driveway. It was coming up my sidewalk, she said. And she said, I told it in the name of the Lord Jesus, you'll not come past my doorpost. And she said it got rising, rising, rising. And she said she was expecting it to seep under her door and it never came in. And she went to her back door and and, and she looked, the door was shut and she was waiting for it to seep under. It never came in. So finally she thought, well, I'm going to go to the front door and I'm going to open the door and I'm going to just see what's going on. Because she said, because she had looked out the window, she saw it all around her her house, but it wasn't coming in the door. And she said she opened the door. She said, I'd never seen anything like this in my life. She said that water was standing about two foot above my door, but it wouldn't come past my doorpost. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I said, can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? My God, don't sit there and look like you're dead. Say amen, somebody. My God, that's exciting. Can you say amen? So she said, I went to my back door. I opened it up. And she said, the water was standing about two foot in my back door. It wouldn't come. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? My God. This is exciting. I said, it's exciting. I said, it's exciting. Serving God's exciting. I mean, if God can part the Red Sea... I said, if he can part the Red Sea, he can certainly stop floodwaters from coming in your house. Is that right? I tell you what, we need to get start seeing God again like this. My God, if you'll serve him, if you'll put him first, if you'll put him ahead of everything else in your life, you can get to a place where everybody else will get flooded out. My God, it won't come past your doorpost. It won't come in and even must up your carpet. Can you say amen? Whew, my preaching's a whole lot better than your amen in here today. And you know it's the truth. Whew, glory to God. My God, if this was a black church, everybody would be running all over the place. I feel like getting a bucket of black paint and throwing it on all you people. My God. Can you say amen, somebody? Glory to God. You okay? Whew. If that offended you, I'm sorry. Blame it on the Holy Ghost. Because when the power of God comes on me, you never know what's coming out of my mouth. Amen? Glory to God. I tell you what, the power of God came on me some years ago for several services. I just wanted to put a sign out there and said, not responsible for things said while under the anointing. I tell you something else. If you want to get more of that anointing, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to help me preach just a little bit. Or this church is going to just stay deader than a doornail. Did you hear what I just said? Can you help me a little bit? Can you say amen? Can you say surely? Say surely he'll deliver me from the snare of the fowler. Do you believe that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and if you you think that this stuff here doesn't work, then you don't know God. God is a miracle-working God. He can make waters, he can tell waters, you'll not go past that border, and the waters will obey. Amen? Glory to God. I'm excited about the Lord. How about you? Amen? Glory to God. I said, glory to God. I said, glory to God. I said, glory to God. I'm talking, uh, uh, I'm, I'm talking about a God that can heal stage four cancer when everybody else is giving her up to die. A mama can stand in the gap and see the woman live. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I don't know about you. I don't want a dead church. I don't want a funeral home. I want some place that we're, they're swinging almost from the chandeliers. How about you? Glory to God. Can you say amen? Praise God. Verse 11, He'll give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. How many of you know that's a good deal? Is that a good deal? He'll give His angels. How many of you know that angels of God are real? They're very, very real. How many of you know that angels are not little fat babies with wings? They're awesome beings. They're awesome creatures. My God. 
I tell you what, I, angels, angels sometimes are as big as this, as tall as this room. I tell you what, we've got, we've got to get, there's a big God and a little, little devil. Can you say amen? Most Christians I run into, they got the big devil mentality and a little God mentality. No, no, no. Get a hold of this book and you'll find out we've got a big God and there's a little devil. Let me tell you what, demons, you want to know what demons look like? They look like little monkey-like imps. That's what they look like. But the angels of God, my God, the angels of God are powerful. And they excel in strength, glory to God. Can you say amen? And He'll give His angels charge over you to keep you in some of your ways or what? All of your ways. And I like what the Amplified Bible says, keep you in all of your ways of obedience and service. So you can't just go do what you want to do. You're going to have to keep God first place. You're going to have to keep him first place in all of your ways of obedience. Well, we'll just go to church when we feel like it. No, you're not in the secret place of the Most High. God's going to have to be first place in all your ways. Can you say amen to that? He'll give his angels charge over you, keep you in all your ways of obedience and service. In their hands they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. God wants you so protected that you don't even stub your little toe. Do you hear me? God don't even want you stubbing your little toe. How many's ever stubbed their little toe besides me? And God wants you so protected and so covered that your little toe doesn't even get doesn't even get stubbed. Praise God! You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You'll trample under foot. Those are demon powers. Where are the demon powers supposed to be? They're supposed to be under your feet. Is that right? I'll tell you something else. The Holy Ghost wants me to say this. You've got to, if you want to be in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to have to have a fighting spirit about you. I tell you, you're going to have to have a fighting spirit about you. You can't just take anything that the devil throws, throws your way. You're going to have to have a fighting spirit about you. I already have met Christians that, that, that it, it's misting outside so they can't come to church. My God. Or they sneezed one time and they can't come to church. My God, we're gonna, those people don't live in the secret place of the Most High. And you'll find they're always defeated. They're always in the mully grums. They're always broke, busted, and disgusted. No, I tell you what, if you want to be in the secret place of the Most High, you're going to have to have a fighting spirit about you. Did you hear me? And you need to be the one treading on the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you'll trample underfoot. Now, I've never watched it, and I never will. And don't you either watch The Exorcist. Don't ever watch that movie. But I tell you what, why don't you watch it? Because you could get demon-possessed watching it, so don't watch it. But I did see an excerpt of it years ago. And, 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 and I saw the excerpt that the, the priest, the demon-possessed person, the priest went flying out the window. And I heard one preacher, God bless him, I love that man. He said, you know, they got it backwards. The preacher shouldn't have been flying out the window. The devil should have been flying out the window. Can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? I said, the devil ought to have been flying out the window, not the priest. I guarantee it to you, he didn't know God and he wasn't dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Because if you get a man or a woman of God that knows God dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, you can resist the devil and the Bible says he will flee. Can you say amen? And then verse 14, because he set his love on me. See, if you're going to dwell in the secret place, you're going to have to walk in love and you're going to have to set your love on God. Therefore, I'll deliver him. I'll set him on high because he has known my name. How many of you know the name of the Lord? Well, I know the name of the Lord. His name is Jesus. Can you say amen? His name is Jesus. And why? Because he's known my name. But I tell you what, I, 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 did you know that God, a person is known, a name is, is, is a thing given or a, a thing given. You can tell what's, what I'm trying to say is you can tell what somebody does by the name they've got. Is that right? Like a milkman, what does he do? He delivers milk. Is that right? A mailman, what does he do? He delivers mail. Is that right? And you know God has many different names. You know why? Because he does many different things. 
and, and, and I listed his names one time. And you know what? If you want to live in this secret place of the Most High God, his name's Jesus, but he's got a lot of names. Just, in, uh, just, just listen to this. Just take a second. Advocate, Almighty, Amen, Apostle, Arm of the Lord, Author and Finisher of our faith, Beloved of the Father, Bishop, Branch, Bread of Life, Bright Morning Star, Captain of, of our Salvation, Chief Shepherd, Chief Cornerstone, Christ, Commander in Chief, Counselor, Daysman, Daystar, Deliverer, Door, Elect, Emmanuel, Eternal Life, Faithful and True, Fairest among 10,000, Firstborn from the Dead, Fourth Man in the Fire, Furnace, Foundation, Friend of Sinners, Gift of God, God Manifest in the Flesh, God's Dear Son, Governor, Good Shepherd, Head of the Church, High Priest, Holy One of God, Hope, Jehovah, Jehovah, Jireh, Jehovah, Rapha, Shama, Nisi, Shalom, Sid, Canoe, Lamb of God, Light of the World, Lily of the Valley, Living Stone, Lion of the Tribe of Judah, Lord, Master, Mediator, Messiah, Mighty to Save, Morning Star, Most Holy, Only, only Begotten of the Father, Only Wise God, Power of God, Prince of Peace, Propitiation of Our Sins, Rabbi, Redeemer, Resurrection and the Life, Righteous Judge, Rock of Our Salvation, Rose of Sharon, Son of Man, Son of God, Sure Foundation, Teacher, Vine, Way, Truth, Life, Praise God, Wisdom of God, Wonderful Word of God, Which Is, Which Was, Which Is to Come. I tell you, that's the name of the Lord. Can you say Amen. Now, take a week and study each one of those out. And I tell you what, you study each one of those out, you get a little bit deeper into that secret place. Glory to God. Did you hear what I just said? You know those creatures, they go around the throne of God. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I believe every time they go around, they see a new aspect of His holiness, and they say, holy, holy, holy. They're not just doing that for something to do. They, they see a side of God. Every time they go around that throne, they see a side of Him they hadn't seen before. They've been doing it for ages past, and they'll do it for all eternity. Holy, holy, holy. I tell you what, the more we know God, the deeper into that secret place we get, and the more untouchable we become to the devil. Can you say amen? And then verse 15 says, He'll call on me and I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll deliver him and honor him. Notice right here, he never said that he'd exempt you from trouble. He said he'd be with you in trouble. I said he never said he'd exempt you from trouble. He said he'd be with you in trouble. He said I'll be with him in trouble. Trouble, I'll, I'll deliver him. Can you say amen to that? Daniel wasn't... Exempted from trouble, he wound up in the in the lion's den. Is that right? But God sent an angel, and big angels came down there and shut the lion's mouth. Is that right? And, well, those lions just weren't hungry, Pastor Terry. Oh yeah, ask those people that went in the next morning and they threw all those guards in and they were eaten up before they even hit the floor. Those were hungry lions. Why was Daniel exempted? Because he lived in the secret place of the Most High, blessed God. And God shut the angel's mouth. Hebrew children, they weren't exempted from trouble. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went in the fiery furnace. They weren't exempted from trouble. But how many of you know the Lord delivered them out of that trouble? He was with them in trouble. And old Nebuchadnezzar, he went over there and they stoked the furnace up seven times hotter than it was before. They threw him in. Nebuchadnezzar went over, he looked in, he saw Shadrach, he saw Meshach, he saw Abednego. And then he saw somebody else, he saw the fourth man, he saw Jesus. Can you say amen? Glory to God. My God. I tell you what, you get in a fiery furnace, you're going to want to be glad you spent the time to get in that secret place. You okay? Because he'll be with you in trouble. This is not a normal message here today, by the way. <laughs> the preach got on me. I can't help it. David said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them what? Paul said, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, they beat the tar out of him, left him out there for dead. But he got up, shucked the dust off of him, went right on with the plan of God. He said, what persecutions I endured. But he said, out of them all the Lord delivered me, my God. Glory to God. And then verse 16 says, with what? Long this is a good one here, guys. With what? With long life I will satisfy him. I just need an organist today. I could get a little preach going here. You people, I love you with all my heart, but I didn't offend you with the black paint thing a while ago, did I? Okay. okay. 
Hey, I preached in a black church one time. And I tell you what, I, I got up and I, I was going to teach like I was teaching to, the, to, 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 you know, not you all because I didn't know you at the time. But I got up there and I started to teach just a nice conservative, nice little message. And I began to teach. And, and the, the, oh, I love, they were having nothing. They wanted to preach. And they don't preach. You've heard me tell the story. So I tried to teach. They wanted to preach. So I started preaching. And uh, Fernando went to the organ. Boom, 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 boom. I had a time of my life. Praise God. There was a lady sitting on the second row. She had a big old hat on. I got so excited to dancing around, I took my suit coat off. I swung it at her trying to knock the hat off of her head, you know. And Diane reached up and grabbed it. She was sitting right in front of her. I tell you what, I would have scored the goal, brother. I would have taken that hat right off her head. But <laughs> glory to God. You had, I tell you what, church ought to be fun. Church, I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just don't like, dearly beloved, we're gathered here today. I mean, come on, we need some power of God flowing through this place. But you're responsible for it. See, we live here in the United States now that, that most of the congregations have come to be entertained. No, you need to come to participate. I tell you, you'll only get out of me what you draw out of me by faith. Did you hear what I said? Got to do it. With long life. Now, say it like you mean it. With long, say with long life. With long life. And you don't die till you're satisfied. You don't die till you're satisfied. And you don't go out on the devil's terms. You go out on your terms that you've made between you and God. You go out on your terms. You don't go out on the devil's terms. And my God, don't go out sick. I said, don't go out sick. I like what Brother Hagin said. He had people in his church, they'd get sick and they'd be terminal. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, don't die sick. He said, let's get you well. Let's get you well. Let's get in the Word of God and get you well. And then once we get you well, if you want to die, go ahead and die. But don't die sick. My God, you die sick, you die out of the will of God. I like what, you know how Israel died? How many of you know Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, name changed Israel? You know how Israel died? He was well up in years. And you know what he did? He he laid his hands on his sons. He blessed them. And then the Bible said at a ripe old age, he pulled his legs into bed and he dismissed his spirit and went to paradise. Can you say amen? See, that's how you die. You don't die on the devil's terms. You don't die young. You don't die sick. You get up there 90, 100 years old, get satisfied, and then die the way Israel died. Can you say amen to that? Bless God. See, you listen to this world. You listen to what the world has to say. You listen to most pulpits. Well, we've got to die or something. You know, you know, you know how you, you die. Uh, yeah, I heard the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I've never heard this before. You know what you die of? You die of satisfaction. That's what the Holy Ghost just said right on the inside that for me to tell you. You die of satisfaction. What you going to die of, Pastor Terry? I'm going to die. Woo! That's good. I never heard that before. Holy Ghost said it right on the, right on the inside here. You'd have a hard time believing I was raised in a Baptist church, wouldn't you? <clears throat> I love the Baptist, but I just got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm a Baptocostal. I heard the Holy, I just heard the Holy Ghost say, you know what you die of? Satisfaction. That's good, isn't it? That's what I'm going to die of. How about you? Satisfaction. I'm going to die of satisfaction.